This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about how we can learn from the wisdom of teachers, and we'll talk to Anna Sale, host of the terrific podcast, Death, Sex, and Money, about her new book, Let's Talk About Hard Things. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature, Yes, once again, I am sitting comfortably in my home office in New York City, and joining me today from Fantasy Island in gorgeous Puerto Rico is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer, usually living in L.A., but right now living on Fantasy Island. Living the fantasy, right? Yes, where (laughs) I will be spending Mother's Day, which is coming up. Wanted to remind everybody, May 9th is Mother's Day. And if you're looking for a gift for any of the mothers in your life, Gretchen's book, The Happiness Project, is a fantastic gift. Ah, what a nice sister. (laughs) And speaking of gifts, it would be a gift to us if you rate or review the show. You know, we've said this before and we'll say it again. It really helps us by helping other listeners to find the show. If you're not sure how to do this, it's not hard, but it's not that straightforward. I will post a link in the show notes. Gold star to anybody who's already done it, by the way. Yes, indeed. And speaking of gold stars, we just celebrated National Teacher Appreciation Day. I think now more than ever, we are really appreciating everything that teachers do. So in honor of teachers, our Try This at Home tip today is to learn from the wisdom of teachers. Yes, and we have a lot of wisdom from teachers to share, Gretchen. Yes, I'm working on a book of aphorisms, as I've mentioned, and as part of that project, I've been collecting proverbs of the professions. Teachers have sent me so many great proverbs of the teaching profession. I still want more. Keep them coming. (laughs) But they're so good, we thought we should go ahead and start to share them. So the first one I think is great is, I hear, I forget. I see, I remember. I do, I understand. And then whoever is doing the talking is doing the learning. Very true of adults as well. Yep. (laughs) Your students don't care what you know until they know that you care. When you take a child by the hand, you take a parent by the heart. Oh, so true. Very true. 
Don't yuck someone else's yum. We talk about this in our household all the time because as a person who eats very low carb, sometimes I make a comment. I try not to. But if I do, someone will often remind me not to yuck someone else's yum. Yes, I can be guilty of doing that with Adam. Yeah. Attention-seeking behavior is connection-seeking behavior. Well, this one feels like a huge insight for adults as well. Like if you're having that fight at a family Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, I think this is a really, really helpful thing to remember. Attention-seeking is connection-seeking. Yeah. Oh, now here's one of the all-time greats. You get what you get and you don't get upset. And I've heard regionally this said as you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. So there are regional differences depending on pronunciation, which I love. And then there's children save their drama for their mama. This is helpful to remember if your child is bringing a lot of drama home. Like maybe they're doing better at school. Often true in my experience. This one, if you don't have a plan, the students will. Mm. Okay, that's important. Apples and trees Now, this one, Elizabeth, what does this mean? This took me a minute to understand. Yes, it's that when teachers meet students' parents, everything makes sense, (laughs) right? Apples don't fall far from the tree. Here's one. I don't care about a student's grade more than he or she does. Mm. That's kind of you can't push a rope. Yes. To teach is to learn twice. That goes back to when you're talking, you're learning. Yeah. Well, also, many people I know, I've I've heard this from like college professors, that if they want to learn something, they will teach a class in it, Mm. because you really learn if you have to teach. I think this one's great. And I think this also applies extremely well to the adult world, which is connect before I correct. Mm. That's good. And then the children who are the hardest to love need it the most. I think we can all understand that. Yes. And that feels very profound to me. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. To be effective, you must be objective. So I guess that means I don't get too emotional or too worked up, too drawn in, because you have to remain that objectivity if you're going to be effective. Interesting. That's very true as a showrunner, Gretchen. I find that one very hard. Ah. Stay calm. Stay calm. (laughs) That That is the eternal quest for both of us yes. is to stay calm. Okay, this is a new way to put it. I think different ways of thinking about it and framing it help us. So, yes. okay, this is a good one for us. I love this one. Don't smile until Thanksgiving. Yes, I got this one from one of my daughter's second grade teachers. And she also gave this one. If you yell in the first week, you have to yell all year. Because I talked to her because I noticed that she was really good at keeping discipline. Like it wasn't like the children were scared of her, but they like would do what she said the minute she said it to do. It was really it was really striking to me. She said, don't smile until Thanksgiving was what her mentor had told her, which is if you come on stern and strict, then you can lighten up if you set that mood. And then she also said, if you yell in the first week, you have to yell all year, meaning you can't ramp it down. And so she would enforce discipline by talking very, very softly. And she said this is actually very effective, um, even with with adults too. If you want people to listen to you, instead of talking louder, which makes people start talking louder, if they're supposed to be listening to you and they'll be paying attention, if you start speaking more softly, 
they will also start speaking more softly. So it's a good management technique. I haven't really had a chance to try that, but it sounds, I really want to. Maybe you can try it, Elizabeth. You're, you're in that I, kind of situation. I'm more. thinking I could probably try it this afternoon. Oh, good. Matter <laughs> we'll fact, re- I'll, I'll let you back. know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And then there's what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. Well, that's nice to remember, I think, for all of us when mm-hmm. we're feeling challenged. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is great. A teacher tells a student where to look, but not what to see. Mm. That's good. Trust is the most wonderful thing to have and the most terrible thing to lose. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Any teacher who can be replaced by a computer should be. Well, that's someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I think this year has shown us how little a computer can replace a teacher. Absolutely. We've all had that. We've had that demonstrated to us uh, in real time. We sure have. You can't say you can't play. Yeah, this is an interesting one about when children want to learn how to play on the playground and stuff, is that you can't say you can't play. Um, And then, Gretchen, one of uh, my favorite things ever was from a teacher at our live show in Seattle who told us, don't treat a gift like a burden. And that's something Sarah and I talk about all the time on Happier in yes. Hollywood. Yeah. And she meant it about being a teacher, that it was a gift to be a teacher. Don't treat it like a burden. But you and Sarah use it like your mantra. It's a fun job and we enjoy it. Yes. It is true to remember yourself. Like, this is what I want in yes. certain situations. It's helpful to I, I I remind myself of that every time I get a big edit. I'm like, mm. this is what I want. Don't treat a gift like a burden. Yep. I want to be edited. Yep. So these are so great. I feel like they resonate in so many ways. I am going to make a PDF resource for this because I think that a lot of people would probably like to have them collected, but I want any new ones. So if you have any teacher, really, or any professions, because I am collecting these for all the professions, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe I will do other professions like veterinarian proverbs because they're so great. Send them my way, and then in a couple weeks, I'll announce when you can request the PDF if you would like a collection for yourself. So thank you to all those teachers for those wonderful proverbs. Yes, and for being teachers. And if you want to look at them in the meantime, I will put it in the show notes, which will be at happiercast.com slash 324, where, of course, you can find everything related to this episode. And if you want to submit your proverb, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or just post on happiercast.com. Coming up, we've got a useful but slightly hard to describe happiness hack. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for this week's happiness hack, which comes from Eliza. Well, it actually was a hack that I gave to Eliza. And so uh, it's a little, as you said, it's a little bit hard to explain, but I will do my best. So Eliza got a wonderful email from a professor, and at the bottom, he said what you always hope to say as a student, which is, if you ever need a recommendation for me, I'm happy to write one. I was like, okay, that's gold. So that's, a, that's so wonderful that he did that. Speaking of teachers, this was a wonderful teacher. And I, sa- I explained to her this thing that I learned from observing what people did to me, because I think it's really effective. So if you're in a situation like she is, like, let's say two years go by and she is ready now to ask that professor for a recommendation. I said, instead of starting a new email, like, dear professor, two years ago, I was in your class and you offered to write me a recommendation. I said, what you can do is you can just go back, find that email and, and reply to it as if two years hadn't gone by and then say, dear professor, two years ago, I was in your class and just say what you were going to say. But if the professor scrolls down, he can remember this exchange. People do this to me. Like, I'll get an email from somebody three years later. But when I scroll down, I'm like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of, like, what we talked about. And so I think, it's A, it's a very effective way of reminding people of, like, a previous relationship or a previous exchange without having to recharacterize it. You just attach it. And I think if you're following up with someone, seeing what they said about it in the past mm. will be much more persuasive to them than you telling them, because they'll see what they said. So if I said something like, I'd be happy to talk to you when your book is ready to hit the shelves, and then somebody emails me in two years, and I see that I said that, I'm like, oh, I must have meant it. <laughs> or, you know, it just puts you back into that place that you were without any effort. So it's yes. just about remembering that the email's there and replying to it or forwarding it. I also think flagging those emails is a good idea. Just they're easier to find. Yeah, creating some kind of folder. Yeah, because I just find that when people do it for me, I find it enormously effective. I don't think I would have thought of it on my own, but I learned from seeing how well it works when I'm the recipient. So I don't know what, we should think of some elegant name for this. It's the delayed reply or the strategic Mm. delayed reply or something. 
we'll work on that. Okay. And meanwhile, how nice that Eliza got such a nice email. Go, Eliza. It was. And it it, it meant so, so much to her. So again, teacher appreciation. Um, she really, really appreciated that the teacher had just voluntarily said that because it's, yeah. it's hard to ask. It's nice when someone says, I'm happy to do this for you if you would like at some point. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for an interview. Yes, this week we will be talking to Anna Sale. Anna Sale is the host of the wildly popular WNYC podcast, Death, Sex, and Money, which is about the things we think about a lot and need to talk about more. Now she's written a terrific new book, Let's Talk About Hard Things. It's about how to navigate tough conversations with lots of practical suggestions, and it's also very comforting to read because it reminds us all that we're not alone in our struggles. In it, she tackles five of the most fraught conversation topics, death, sex, money, family, and identity. Hello, Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad to be with you all. Oh, it's so great. We met you face-to-face years ago, um, right before you moved to California, but it's so great to see you again virtually. Yes. Yes. We are huge fans. Huge fans of the podcast, huge fans of the book. And I have to ask, how was it switching from the podcast form to writing? Because we're both writers and podcasters, and it's very different. We both like how different it is. How did you find it? I found it so super hard. Oh, why? (laughs) Interesting. I just, um, you know, I find, I would just describe it as like, I find podcasting and interviewing and audio, it's such a like intuitive process for me. Mm. Like when I'm talking to someone, it's like, oh, what's the next question? It's just sort of like, um, and then even editing, you're sort of like, that's where you cut. That's the edit. Like it's all just like gut. And writing is so much head um, for me. So I really was like, oh, I, I don't have these muscles. I need to really do some working out. <laughs> so it, it was painful. <laughs> and did you gain insights when you were writing in a way that was different from having conversations? Absolutely. I mean, that's oh, why I wanted to write the book. Because yeah. I, I sort of like, as people would ask me, like, how do you do what you do? How do you get people to open up about tender things? And I would sort of say, like, well, I do kind of, like... I, I couldn't even put it to words because I hadn't put it mm-hmm. to words. Yeah. So I found the exercise of like reflecting on not only my process as an interviewer, but also then applying it broadly to personal tough conversations in our personal lives to be really, um, it just made me sort of like s- step in and try to like really uh, put words to like what I've been learning, but hadn't kind of declared that I learned as right. I've been making this show. Right. So like yeah. as you articulated your own unspoken manifesto or whatever. Yeah. 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 And it which has been so helpful to be like, oh, I do really do know what I'm doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, here you made an observation in the book that reminded me of a conversation that we had. You said it's downright terrifying to discuss the things that are important to us with the people who are most important to us. And in one episode, we talked about how sometimes you'll find yourself confiding in a stranger or a very distant acquaintance when you haven't said that to someone close to you. And it certainly seems like uh, you've had the experience of people telling you things that they haven't said to anyone else. Um, Why do you think that is? Why do you think we find it easier to confide in people we don't really know? Well, because the stakes obviously are so different when you're talking to a therapist or somebody 
sitting next to you on a plane. Like, it's like you're able to just kind of narrate and work it out out loud without really having to think like, oh, how is this being received? Yes. Mm. And how might this affect the relationship? Um, so it's a whole different thing. And it's it's really important when you're talking to someone important to you that you are thinking, how is this going to be received? Because these hard conversations are, you, they're a relationship, you yes. know? And so that's the, the, that extra track of having to think, how do I say what I mean, but saying in a way that's not mean, you know, saying yes. it in a way that like is going to, I'm going to do my best that, so that it can be received and heard. Like that's two different sets of considerations that you have to be thinking about. So do you think that it's helpful to sort of practice with someone you're not close to first before having a tough conversation? I think so. I I think uh, ideally, of course, like often, sometimes tough conversations like just start. (laughs) Pop out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And in, in that case, I think it's like if it's just started to sort of, and you notice yourself saying something blunt that's like, like to to sort of allow the person you're talking to who who you love uh, or you want to be able to hear you to say like oh I'm surprised I said that I didn't realize I felt so strongly about that like Mm. somehow to kind of like have to to like ease into that meta conversation um, so it's not just like oh battle battle you know I've I've just come up with this thing and I'm gonna say it Um, but just try to keep that line open where you can both observe the conversation as you're having the conversation. <laughs> it's mindfulness. Everything comes back to mindfulness, which is exactly. like the hardest thing. Okay, I want to ask you to talk a little bit about what I thought was one of the most interesting parts of the book. So you talk about how when you were a child, your understanding of your parents' marriage was just like, this is an eternal, unchanging, faded thing. Because when you're a child, this is the way things have always been for no particular reason. This is just the way the world is. And then you talk about the evolution of your of your understanding. You asked your father about his perspective, your mother about her perspective, your older sisters who had lived through um, the earlier stages. Then as you got married, had children, got divorced, it kept changing. And I, I, I just thought that was so fascinating about how these conversations, maybe they don't end. Yeah, and I I'm really glad to talk to you about this as sisters because I think you all really get it when you when you have close family relationships like uh, so in my family my dad had a first marriage has had two daughters with his first wife divorced then met my mom and I'm part of the second batch but growing <laughs> yeah. up we all we didn't really say half sisters we mm-hmm. just said sisters it was like we are this is our family um, and I just thought it was super cool that I had these like teenagers yeah. growing yeah. up yeah. you know and, and for me it was not related to any pain or trauma or rupture mm. it was like this is family and so as I got older and started realizing like huh my older sisters have a slightly different relationship with my dad. Like, they have a different history. And then when I got divorced, I started asking my dad about the divorce. And then I started asking my older sisters about their memories of divorce. And I just realized, like, oh, just asking to hear these stories again, now that I was a 29-year-old, 30-year-old woman, you hear a very different story than yes. what you're told when you're six, seven, eight years old. But... um so I just want to, like, that's something, when you're trying to make sense of where you're oriented in a family and, and maybe someone's reaction doesn't make sense to you, just that prompt of, like, can you tell me again, mm. like, what that was like? Tell me that story again. Yes. Um, and you'll just hear more complicated versions as you get older. And you'll also, 
I experienced like, oh, I'm relating to my dad yes. now mm, because yes. I've gone through a divorce yes. or, you know, and, and um, it just, it's, it just helps you see, which is, I just need this reminder all the time in family because I had, the assumption is like, whatever we do, I should be able to understand when my, one of my sisters is doing something or my dad, like we're all, we come from the same place. We have this yes. same sort of origin. And when they do something that doesn't make sense to me, it's very easy to be like, judgy yeah. <laughs> or like she yes. shouldn't be doing that That's what you know, he should be yeah. Doing, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but instead to be like oh we are all individuals who are moving around in this family and changing and just asking to hear stories again kind of reinforces that and and reinforces that sense of just compassion yeah you know openness. that can get lost mm-hmm. in, in family i think well and so much of a hard conversation is listening how do you think about silence and listening you do this so well. Or on how, the how should we mm. think about it? Help us. Yeah. Staying silent is hard when things feel fraught. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. It's really hard. I mean, because you have the instinct to, to the instinct first to sort of like jump in um, and either in comfort yeah. or to jump in and say something helpful, you know, advice or I I know what that's like, you know, just to kind of, but I find, um, when you just give space, you can you can get to the place where you say, "Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you." Like, but just to kind of slow it down, mm-hmm. just so there's space for whatever someone is confiding to you or or saying that's tough, like let it come out at their pacing. Um, mm. And and I think that that's not just silence. That's also something I have noticed that I do I did on the show first, and I try to do it now in my personal life is when someone is saying something like I want to the part I also want to listen with kind of very concrete follow-up questions to make sure I'm understanding exactly what they're yes. telling me. So often if it's a story to sort of say like wait, how old were you when that happened? Mm-hmm. Like or wh- who were you living with? Were you on your own or who you know, then then you just kind of get a more like um just filled in picture of of what they're talking about. But yeah, that sort of, I just think pacing is so important in hard conversations because when you start rushing, it can become, for me, I will say, reactive, defensive. Mm-hmm. I want to like figure out this is uncomfortable. How do we stop feeling uncomfortable? You know, and, and when, the, when you slow it down, you can be aware, mindful, as you said, Gretchen, of the like, oh, this is, you know, this is uncomfortable, but we're doing something important if it feels uncomfortable. But you know what this is making me think? Because Elizabeth and I are sisters. And I would say, Elizabeth, I probably feel the most trust in having difficult conversations with you. And one Mm -hmm. thing that I notice when you and I talk on the phone, something happens that I don't experience with anyone else, which is we say to each other, are you still there? Right. Because we will allow a silence to fall to the point where we like, (laughs) did we we just lose service? Yeah. Like, no, just thinking. All the time. Yeah. And we'll just be like, no, just (laughs) thinking. But I'm like, I don't experience that with anyone else because I don't think on the phone I allow a sentence to fall. I won't just allow myself to like ponder mm-hmm. mm. we're both interrupters by nature yes uh-huh. so for a silence unusual so that's, that's good. so interesting don't you think elizabeth like yes. do you, you think notice that yeah, are you yes. listening or are you like are you doing laundry and no no you just no like to do la- it's it's the listening it's that's when it's so a cool. conversation and you're like wow yeah what, you know what about that and it's like, we just let the silence expand. So that's good. I, I yeah. had not even put my finger on that until we were just saying. 
I think so much of it is a physical response. Like if you're having a tough conversation, part of why it's hard to just listen is because your body starts reacting, right? And like being uncomfortable and you do want to get out of it. So it's good to try not to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and what a beautiful testament to your all's relationship that you both can just be like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> and then just yeah. sit there, <laughs> try to let the wheels turn. <laughs> now, before you go, we have to ask you, first of all, what's your tendency? I am a questioner. Okay. So when you heard you were a questioner, did that ring true to you? Well, I, you know what? I was afraid I was going to be a rebel. <laughs> oh, well, there's a strong because connection between questioners I and know, rebels. Proud I know. I know. And I was like, oh, that's when I'm a rebel. Because I, I, I've, you know, I'm, I'm like a, you know, an a, a student kind of person. So like, I like to, I'm, I don't, I definitely have people pleasing ways, but I have this like streak where I'm like, huh, why am I being indignant? Like, mm. what is that? What's causing that sort of teenage um, attitude? And the questioner just having that framework is so helpful to be like, oh, I ha- I'm not bought in yet. Like I yes. need a little bit more information. Um, and, uh, and then it, just to be aware of that, it's like, oh, then get the information. Right. Just being yes. Indignant. Yes. Well, and yes. many journalists yeah. are uh, questioners. Yeah. yeah. Makes, sense. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then, do you have a try this at home suggestion for everyone for something they can try at home? Okay. I have. I have two things. Ooh, good. One is I just recently started suggesting if somebody if it's a work call and somebody sends me a Zoom invite, I've just started pushing back and saying like, actually, I'm just going to do a walk and talk. So Yo, just call me. Love oh. that. So good because otherwise I just I'm still working from home. I don't get outside and and I find like zooms are weird, especially yeah. like one on one or three person zooms where you don't know where to, where to look and you're trying to try and talk about something hard or or just like brainstorm business. So I I've done that. And what do you do other, about note taking? I like that, but I worry about the note taking. I know it. that's the that's the trade off. You have to like come back and be like okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I just started in my life is I just got a night guard for for grinding teeth, which my dentist recommended. And I was like, really? And I have to say the metaphor I have for it is it feels like I'm putting a weighted blanket on my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) It's very relaxing. It It just somehow makes you not close and clench. And it's like, oh, I'm like realizing like in three nights, I'm like, this is a really welcome change. Well, it probably triggers your brain to say, now it's sleep time because I'm wearing this. Yeah. It doesn't look cool. No. <laughs> it very much looks like like I'm back in middle school with a right. retainer, right. but it's worth it. <laughs> well, Anna, thanks so much. Congratulations yes. on the new book. It's so fun to talk to you. And it's so fun. We were saying it's so fun to see your face. We know your 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 voice is so present in our ears, but we don't see your face that often. So it's oh, fun yes. to see you. Thank you for doing this with me. I, I love what you all do. It's a real honor. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Coming up, Gretchen has a gold star for her daughter, Eleanor. But first, this break. Gretchen, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter <laughs> sandwich is my ideal lunch. But I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. 
Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And happier listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash happier. Visit IXL.com slash happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It is time for demerits and gold stars. Elizabeth, this is your week to offer up a demerit. Yes. Okay, Gretchen, as we have mentioned, I'm in Puerto Rico where I have been for several weeks and I'm going to be here several more weeks. And my demerit is that I have been very slow in responding to texts from home. So Mm. someone will text me a friend And I want to write, I mean, it's the classic. I want to write a really long response, tell them how I'm doing, what it's like. And instead, I just don't respond Mm -hmm. because I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. And then days go by and I haven't responded. And then I feel bad. And then I think I should write more. So then I don't respond. I mean, we've all been in this loop. And the thing is, I really want to stay connected to people at home. So I want to keep that casual back and forth going But if you don't respond, you don't then get the back and forth. So that's my demerit. Can I make the obvious suggestion, which is it's sort of like the one sentence journal. Mm. You just say, I'm only going to write one sentence. And even if you feel like you would like to write more, it's just like, I'm just going to write the one sentence. Because in a way, especially with text, the exchange matters more than any particular text content. Yes. And I know that and I agree with it. And um, I think, yes, I just need to commit to right away responding as soon as it pops up. I have this thing where if I don't know what to say, because somebody says something and I'm like, I literally can't articulate a response. I I just do exclamation points. Mm. I find that that's a good general, like, I hear you and I'm responding to you enthusiastically. But um, I'm not suggesting that works for everybody. But just don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, et cetera. So anyone I haven't texted back, just know I love you. I care (laughs) about you and I will be texting you. Okay, Gretch, what is your gold star this week? Yes, I want to give a gold star to my daughter, Eleanor. She has started a terrific new podcast. Now you may say, Gretchen, why is it that everyone in your immediate family has a podcast? Eliza had Eliza starting at 16. Jamie, my husband, has greater. And now Eleanor 
has joined the lineup with people my age. It's only on Spotify right now. She's having issues getting it into the Apple feed, but it is on Spotify. It's so good. It is a podcast about obsessions, trends, social media, and culture seen through the eyes of a 16-year-old living in New York City. She's really interested in trend spotting, like deep trends on the internet. I find it really fascinating and good, I have to say. Well, it's always great to know what, you know, the next generation is noticing and talking about and thinking about. So I love it, too. Yeah, that's why one of the reasons she picked that thing, people my age, because she feels like a lot of times people her age are sort of mischaracterized Mm. or people try to pander to them in ways that don't make sense because they don't really understand what people her age think and how they respond. So it's really quite fascinating. So listen, rate, review, recommend, you know, the drill, people my age from Eleanor Rubin. The resources for this week We talked about the four tendencies with Anna Sale. If you want to see some free resources that I have related to the four tendencies, go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources and scroll down to where it says four tendencies. And for teachers, because we've been talking a lot about teachers, there is a guide for using the four tendencies with children and students. So that's something that I did because I've heard from so many teachers. And these are, of course, free. You just download and print them. Also, Next week, I am excited to join the team at Beta Brand Live for an interactive conversation about happiness habits, and you guessed it, the four tendencies, and how that framework can help you find the strategy and even the clothes that work for you. And we will be doing a giveaway where five participants will win a happiness bundle that includes a signed copy of The Happiness Project and a free pair of dress pant yoga pants from Beta Brand. So look in the show notes for more details about how to join this live virtual event. What were you reading? Elizabeth, what are you reading? I am still reading Well-Behaved Indian Women. Uh, almost done with it. All How right. about you, Gretch? I just finished Super Senses, The Science of Your 32 Senses and How to Use Them by Emma Young. It took me a while to read. I read it slowly and very thoroughly um, because I'm so interested in the senses. All right, everybody, remember, hashtag read 21 and 21. <laughs> Keep up that reading. Keep up that reading. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Learn from the wisdom of teachers. Let us know what resonated with you. And if you have wisdom to add, please send it in and we will get that PDF ready to share. Thank you to our guest, Anna Sale. You can read her book, Let's Talk About Hard Things, and listen to her podcast, Death, Sex, and Money. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, I said it once before and I will say it again. Please be sure to tell a friend and rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Gretch, I have my badge I'm holding up to show you that um, says I'm zone A. It's a COVID thing. It means I can be next to the actors and the director um, on set. I get tested three times a week. Wow. That looks very official. Yes. From the Onward Project.
If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.